Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin. Well, hello all. We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our podcast with Dave Cachamelia. I hope you enjoyed part one and thank you for listening. We were off mic and we were having a bit of a conversation with Dave. FOMO means fear of missing out. I learned that today. We don't really. <laughs> Did we answer all your initial questions on Bitcoin? So there was, what is it? Yeah. What was the next question? Uh, what is it? How do people get it? And uh, how do they use it? And I think we've covered how they use it, how it can be used every day, acceptance to certain places, or you can set that up at certain stores if you want it to, right. if you made the effort. Yeah. And we touched upon the how it was created by Mr. Satoshi Nakamoto, who did the white paper project. Yep. And then it was wow. accepted. And then the larger that it grew, the more acceptance there was, the more trust that was in it. And because it's fully transparent and everyone can see what's happening with all the transactions, people can be assured of every transaction because they could trace the address to the creation of or mining of that Bitcoin. So then how do you get it? How do you get it? I think what we're going to do is I'm going to try to get me some Bitcoin. Hopefully they'll have me back on and we can discuss my adventures in Bitcoin purchasing because as I was being told earlier, it's getting harder and harder to purchase the Bitcoin. Big banks are making it very difficult. Well, big banks are going to lose money, right, with Bitcoin. Which is what they don't like. There is one thing I thought about. We were talking before about the $5 wrench. The wrench, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? No matter how secure your Bitcoin is, if somebody gets you in a corner with a wrench that they bought for five bucks and threatens to whack you over the head with it, that might be a really effective way to take your Bitcoin, regardless of how secure it is. There is uh, some new wallets that are coming out on Android and Digital wallets. Yes. Apps. Apps. Yep. You can almost just call them apps instead of wallets. But uh, what it does is you can have a certain amount of Bitcoin showing up on the wallet when you open it. Say, you know, I got 0.05 Bitcoin or some insignificant amount, but it's enough to convince somebody that maybe that's all your Bitcoin. But hidden within the app, in a deeper level, you have all your real Bitcoin stored. It's more security by obfuscation. So that's kind of going back to what you were saying earlier about the chains and then the, the channels. You yeah. could open a channel, have a certain amount of Bitcoin available to you to use, but then have the security of having the rest of your Bitcoin locked away, and you're just using that for a certain duration of time? The, the Lightning Network and the Liquidity Network channels are kind of different from the actual concept I'm talking about, where if you have a significant amount of money in Bitcoin, it's not in a bank. It's in some form of wallet, which is either a USB key or an app on your phone or spread across many different ones. But there's certain apps now that you can show people and say, okay, here you go. I don't want to get mugged, so here's the Bitcoin. Here's the visual Bitcoin that I have, but But really. really On a deeper level, you may have a lot more Bitcoin hidden and more effectively password protected. It's kind of like getting mugged and slipping the 20 bucks out of your pocket. <laughs> when in you're in your Europe soccer, and yeah. you have your wallet like against your waist, Velcroed on you under your shirt, but in right. your wallet, you got 10 bucks, right. but you got your passport and all your real money hidden away. Yeah. That same kind of premise where it's not available to be seen. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if people know you have Bitcoin, you hope you're in a country that's highly secure with good police protection. But there's a kid on YouTube. He's young, right? He doesn't know any better. He made 280,000 British pounds off of like a hundred pound investment when he's flashing it on YouTube. Ooh. And then he got mugged and then he killed himself. 
Oh, right? Jesus. So, the, the implications are serious. I wanted to mention that in the, the apps and the wallet. There are some interesting things coming out when it comes to obfuscation. So what we need to have is the three S's of Bitcoin. You secure your Bitcoin, you, you, oh you, you store your Bitcoin, and then you shush about your Bitcoin. There you the three go. S's of Bitcoin. I said it here first. Coin the phrase. <laughs> Coin the phrase. Secure, save, and shh. So I'm going to go out and I am going to purchase some Bitcoin and hopefully they'll have me back on and I can tell you on how I went about getting this Bitcoin and any uh, trials or tribulations I had to go through to get it. We'd be interesting to know. Yeah. Right. Well, it's a nice little experiment. It is. Because yeah. um, in Canada, it's become interesting. Libby wanted to do it, but we wouldn't let her. She wants to get some Ethereum, so we're going to get some for her. I haven't got it yet. One of the creators of Ethereum, Vitalik Buterin. Sounds like it's prescription or something. Lives in Toronto. Yeah. Oh, really? Yep. The creator of it. on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't know if I want him on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's so smart. He's a great guy. The man casts a big shadow. Have you ever met anyone in your life who, who just always just blew you away, like, thinking, wow, they're running on such a high level. Nikola Tesla. I am. I've met very few people who run at such a high level. This guy sounds like one of them. Yeah. And he's young. Like, Up and coming. Like he's under 25, I think. It, uh, oh, wow. He's around there. He's I mean, around there. Someone at that age that blows your mind on that oh, level. Yeah. Like his whole world is virtual currency and smart contracts. If you study Ethereum, it's kind of like a virtual payment system, but it also involves contracts. For example, you may enter a contract to get paid a certain amount of Ethereum but A, B, and C must happen, possibly within a specific time frame. Yeah. And if they don't happen, you don't get paid. Conditional currency. Yeah, it's, it's frighteningly impressive. So you protect your butt, protect the currency, before the currency can be transferred. It's an interesting up-and-comer. There's always competition. Omis Go is uh, the request network, I think. EOS is a huge one. A currency that they just finished their ICO, their initial coin offering, like an IPO for a, a stock. It's been ongoing for two years. The EOS coin is, I think their network's live, but nothing's really being used on it yet. The valuation of that coin is a couple billion now. And who would you do your ICO to? Well, I don't know about most, I guess. There's so many coins out there, but... I mean, I get emails. I signed up to some coin information website and I get emails on all the new up and coming ICOs. So you sign up to this site and you send them Ethereum or Bitcoin or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're in on the ICO and you get a certain amount of coin. So it creates a FOMO moment, fear of missing out. Well, yeah. <laughs> Only if it starts to go up, right? The adoption of Bitcoin, we're not even at the 2% global level. The innovator status is at 5%. So we're still in really early on the coin. So all these other coins are kind of dependent on Bitcoin to gain that consumer. An awful lot of their growth depends on how Bitcoin does. Bitcoin right? is, is the flagship in cryptocurrencies. So when Bitcoin goes higher, all others will follow to some degree because that consumer confidence is there generally yes okay the other thing is i mean most people buy cryptocurrencies with bitcoin so it's the fallback 
I got an email from someone. It was the Roth coin, like the Rothschild coin. And in it, I was kind of thinking when I saw this that it was to get Bitcoin. But in actuality, it was a way for them to get Bitcoin and sell me Roth coin. But well, you can only buy it with Bitcoin. You can no, buy it with shenanigans out there. I mean, at the end of the day, what's the reason for the coin's existence? What problem are they trying to solve? I don't think it'd be unfair to say most coins coming to market now are trying to solve problems that don't really need to be solved or <laughs> they won't solve the problem anyways. It's really just a scam. Trying to get there. Bitcoin. Imagine trying to do an IPO, like a corporate company as a stock, maybe uh, JP Morgan or whatever decided to handle your IPO way back when, right? And they took 50%. Basically, 50% of the money made went straight to the bank. They only sold to their good clients. Like, for example, Facebook, right? If you wanted to buy a Facebook stock when they first released it, it was only to big money clients. Oh. You never had an opportunity to buy it. The only way you could buy it was when it was being resold. Yeah, who do you know? Yeah. The neat thing about the ICOs, anybody could buy. Free market. There was no special group of people that were only allowed to buy. Anybody could buy. Anybody with a dollar can buy. You know, and that's like, the beauty about cryptocurrency. There was a guy that bought Ripple for two grand and sold it for three million. Like in the span of uh, two years. Wow. He's on Reddit. People are going, well, I wouldn't post this under your username or anything. He's like, yeah, I'm posting anonymously so nobody knows. He got in right when it went to market, right? He got in early. And anyone can with these well, new ones sure. coming out. I bought it for 100 sold for three. Maybe you buy five different coins. And four of them go to zero. Very possible. Why is it that Bitcoin can't go to zero, but another cryptocurrency well, could? We'll start off by saying there's a non-zero chance that Bitcoin will go to zero. <laughs> non-zero chance. I like that. That's good. The interesting thing about Bitcoin really is that either it's going to go to zero or it will basically take over currencies as the world currency there's really no in between there's been a lot of wars fought in the last while and i personally believe that a lot of them they're bank funded and they're bank interests that are causing them to happen yeah and it's it's because they're trying to take over the entire world so if market if you're a bank how do you stop bitcoin if you're a bank how do you stop bitcoin yeah uh, decrease the confidence in the currency itself making yeah. it harder to purchase that currency and trying to funnel people into their economic system rather than a free market transparent yeah. system yeah so are they winning they're not going to. I don't think it's feasible or possible. If if you have an educated public, then there is no way that it could stop it. The best advertising for Bitcoin is for it to ramp up in price again. Spark people's interest. In well, no, because it doesn't matter if you're a media company in Timbuktu or England. If Bitcoin all of a sudden goes from 7,000 to 40,000. You can't discredit it. Everybody finds out because yeah. it's news, right? It's yeah. front page again. And that's how people learn about Bitcoin. And also all those people are already in Bitcoin know about it because they're all educated in real time of what's happening. Maybe it goes up to 50,000 and it falls back to 20. John McAfee's conservatively, he's calling for a million by 2020. Full fact that there will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin. Take a look at Venezuela where the average wage now in Venezuelan bolivars, two months ago it was $3 US. Now it's a dollar. Yeah, well, inflation is rampant inflation of their currency, right? The survivors in Venezuela are all living off Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. As is happening in Argentina with a 40% inflation rate of their money now. And they predict that inflation rate to continue well into 2020. It's the equivalent of you having $100,000 US 
and then in two years you have 30,000. <laughs> Nobody's hanging on to it. Anyone that knows about it would be buying Bitcoin. Yeah. It's just a store of value. It shares many tenants of gold and arguably any downside that gold has is not shared by Bitcoin. You walk into a variety store with an ounce of gold, it's saying you want to buy a soda. Here's three grains. <laughs> right, where Bitcoin, you can have a millionth of a Bitcoin. You, you can fraction buy, it. You can fraction it off to any level. That's where they think that coin is going to help. Remittance. Remittance migrant workers who work here in our apple fields who collect their paychecks and then they want to send it back home. You don't need the overhead of the middleman. So Bitcoin's kind of going to be moving forward. It's going to be like the Phoenix currency where when things burn down and it comes to ash, it's the thing that's going to rise everybody back up again because like in Venezuela, in um, Africa, in these countries that their economics are falling apart, it, Bitcoin is on its own still very strong, very easy to use and secure. Certainly. But from a global perspective, the argument is actually you got the chicken before the egg type thing. The rise in Bitcoin, if it happens, is predicted to actually send government fiat across the world into a tailspin because... Nobody wants to hold cash anymore. I don't want to hold Canadian dollars if my Bitcoin is continually doubling every year. Why would you? So you're going to have a fire sale. Everyone's trying to get rid of dollars or pounds or whatever currency is that you have. (laughs) And it's going to inflate like mad. So... Theoretically, in the States, in the next five years, if they're going to continue on the the route they're taking, the whole country might turn to Bitcoin as a secure economic solution to overinflation. Well, the whole country won't turn to it. But it could. I read a couple posts on Reddit, and there was some guys predicting what would happen if Bitcoin really did ramp. Yeah. And it's a very dire picture. It's not pretty. But is it necessary to repair what we've been building up for the last 15, 20 years? Well, I mean, if you want to break control of central banks, the Fed, government-issued currency, which means that they will issue currency at will, and when they go into debt, the easiest way to get out of debt is to inflate the dollar and print more money, which is exactly what they continue to do. Every day. But that's not going to happen. It is happening. If Bitcoin it's, blows up, then it's, it's all going to fall into ashes. If you're holding cash, you could very well have a 20% inflation rate on the dollar. It's happening in smaller countries, not happening in uh, G8 countries. It's not there Well, why wouldn't it if nobody wants to hold it? Bitcoin was designed to take over completely. They're not making any more Bitcoin. You know that it's not going to inflate away. Yes, I do know it's not going to inflate away, but... What more do you need? You're looking for a second argument. What did the Fed print in the U.S. last year? How much money? How many dollars? Way too much. What, three trillion? 1.5 trillion. 1.5 trillion? Yeah. Okay, well, I guess we should probably sign off. <laughs> well, that's pretty rough. Okay. Yeah. Well, then Libby wants to sign off, so we should oh, probably sign off. Oh, producer's getting tired. Yeah, we've got hours of... Uh, 10, nice yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Well, I will, I will go out and I will attempt to purchase Bitcoin and I'll come back and I'll let you know about how hard or easy it was. Well, okay. Dave, I want to I want to say thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate oh, thanks the for having conversation. Me. Yeah, thank very you very much, Dave. Very, 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 uh, very happy to be here and I hope to be back again soon. Well, bring some wine. <laughs> <laughs> wine is the fuel for the podcast, indeed. Okay, well, we, we'd like to say goodnight, everybody. Yeah, and thanks for listening. May the coins forever fall in your favor. 
Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin. 